Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show are Kim and Ramon from American Academy of Personal Training Boston in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you today? Great. Great. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Excited to have you here. Before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty of the business, what you guys do, all that good stuff, I would love a little bit of like background. Um, Ultimately, there's a reason why you guys went and decided to open up this business. And I would love to know a little bit of background as to what it was that ultimately led to that decision. Yeah, so we um, got involved with APT Boston in 2012. Um, uh, my friend was the director of the school, and I just took a temp job here while we moved into the city. Um, but Ramon was a basketball coach and had always been in you know fitness world and wellness. Um, so it was a really good fit for him to attend the academy in 2012 himself. Um, and then when he graduated, he opened up his own business. And I kind of fell in love with everything that APT stands for while I was temping here. Um, and so I took a full-time position and rose through in the, the company. Um, and then in 2018, we just had an opportunity to you know, buy APT from the previous owners. And we feel very, very lucky to be able to do something that we feel very passionately about and um, we love to do. So. Awesome. So that's how you guys got started. Give us, I guess, your best elevator pitch of the business itself. What you guys do, what kind of services you provide. Um, Paint a picture for us because I want the listener to fully understand what it is that you guys do. Sure. So APT Boston is a state licensed occupational school. So we train the trainers in layman's terms. Um, Our curriculum is 300 hours. We, half of it is in the classroom learning the theory. And then the other half is on the floor and having a practical hands-on experience with our instructor um, and the other students. So they learn everything from kinesiology and biomechanics, program design um, to nutrition. It's a pretty in-depth curriculum but it, we try to make it very doable for you know people who you know are getting into the fitness industry for the first time and then also people who have been in it but really just want to learn more specific on you know how to be a successful safe and effective personal trainer and, okay. and, and even for the for just the individual who actually just wants to learn how to train can take advantage of the course as well and that's saying like, oh, you know, someone who lives in Maine or someone who lives out in the woods that doesn't know how to train themselves, doesn't have money for online, they can come through and learn how to train themselves yeah. and learn about their, their body. Our, our main mission is to provide hands-on experience in an industry that we think is desperate for um, education. So, you know, anyone can say they're a trainer because there's no regulation in the industry. It's self-regulated at this point, which is just saying it, it, you know, made up that certification is the standard at this point. It's not, you know, a requirement or anyone can say they're a trainer. So we just want to provide a place for people to come and feel that they can learn everything they need to to learn to be an effective, successful trainer. 
Okay. So that's like the main part of what you guys do, but you also, do you also have a studio where some of these trainers go to run their own businesses as well? We do. Yeah, Would yeah. you mind giving us a little bit of insight into that side of the business? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually like, it's like a little marriage here where the school is the mom, Sim <laughs> is the dad. Uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it's where the students actually do their practical work because they do 300 hours, but half of it is in the gym. So whatever they learn in the classroom, they go into the gym. And then also once they graduate, they're able to, uh, start their own personal, um, businesses, training businesses, private businesses in our space as well, and use us as a kind of like their beginner guide towards their own personal fitness success. Okay. Motor or whatever path they want to take. Yeah. We're very hands-off on the independent training side. Our goal is, again, our main goal is to help people become successful. So we don't want right. to manage or tell them have to, how they have to run their business. So we have trainers here who, you know, they have their own insurance. They have their own businesses. They just rent the space. Um, they have their own clientele. They charge their, their own independent business, like, um, Rates. rates and we don't we they just pay a flat rate to us to rent the space so um right. it's really just to help people become successful okay. yeah. I, I like that so it's kind of like a I don't know like the, in a lot of schools you have to do like an internship I studied hospitality in college so went to school for hospitality and I did my internship at Disney so after I graduated I like went worked for Disney um learned like the actual practices got experience in the industry before I went off and did my own thing somewhere else right um and so this is kind of the same thing and I like that you have it all in-house um so you know you're providing them with the resources to learn the training side of things in that education do you guys provide them with any um resources out as to how to run the business itself because I think that most fitness people generally were not business people we don't know how to operate a business. We don't know how to operate a business in a way that is going to help us become profitable. So is that something that you guys educate your students on? Yeah, absolutely. So part of the curriculum, they also go over, they have a business section in it. Um, and then we go over sales and then also Ramon's having been gone through the program himself and having owned his own business in personal training and others also, um, he goes in and he does a whole, you know, con ed with all our students okay. and graduates on how to start a business, what to look for, what you need, um, and the questions to best, you know, answer for them. But I can let you talk about that. Uh, I mean, it doesn't go any more in depth than that. We, we, we kind of, we, on the school side, we provide them with the general information, the kind of foundational information to get them going. But then to answer your question, um, on the gym side, there if they do start here, we have like um, we meet with them quarterly, so they're able to like see what updates need to be made and things like that. So they they're able to learn it through like the experience side. Okay, yeah, I think that's like obviously on this podcast. Typically, I do talk to like actual like people that have like an actual gym, and the number one thing that I usually hear is like, um hey you know we're running this business but we don't know how to actually operate it as such like we're just fitness people we wanted to have a gym that we had a place 
had a space to train people. We don't know how to do this and, and become, you know, profitable. So I like that you guys like kind of partner with them to give them what they need to learn that side of, of things. Another big really thing with that is, you know, we have been here for 13 years and we have just such a wide network of fitness professionals and health and wellness professionals that we have connected with over the years. And like I said, you know, you know, when we were speaking earlier, but a big part of it is setting up a network and having a support system around you to be able to be successful in an industry that can feel very lonely, right? Because everyone has their own way of doing things. And unfortunately, everyone thinks they're right in how they're doing it. So it can feel very lonely and the support isn't always there. And what we have is 13 years of just everyone's connection through who's come through the school and and we've been able to meet and develop a relationship with and so by doing that now we have that to give to our students and graduates also um and so they're able to use people that we know are professionals have legitimate businesses and they can fall back on everything from you know good bookkeepers and cpas to you know physical therapists if your if your client gets injured they're able to you know go to people who are the best in the business around here and utilize those you know, resources. So that's another big part, I think, in business is the support system that you have and, and that you've built around you. And that network is really important to us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the networking piece is huge in this business and any business in general. You have to put yourself out there and, and find people to help you with different, different aspects and different things. Um, so my next question that kind of was top of mind to, to, for me is like, how do you guys find your students? What does that acquisition process look like for your students? Yeah, great question. So um, as you know, most people know, and I said earlier, the industry is just not regulated in any way. So coming to our school is an elective. It's their choice to come here. Um, instead of going online and just getting, you know, a CPT and printing out your certificate, right, and saying you're a trainer, it's, it's not something that, you know, they have to go and do required, so they, not everyone does it. Coming to us, I would say, is, you know, setting themselves apart in an industry because they do want that hands-on experience. They want to, you know, learn about the business, make the connections and have this type of um, support, like I said, and curriculum behind them. So those are the things that we really talk about the most when we promote ourselves. So we do marketing. It's a lot on social media. Um, you know, we haven't had much success, honestly, in doing like Google ads or uh, because we're expensive. We're not just a quick weekend course. We're not just a, you know, $200 con ed. We are an investment in that in their future. So a Google ad has not been very successful for us. So what we do is we share a lot of our testimonials. Um, I would say we have almost 100% um, return on referrals. So most okay. any referral that we get from a graduate of the 13 years usually does enroll because they of that person's experience and where they are now in their life. So they want to kind of follow in those footsteps. Um, but I would say that, you know, ads don't really work for us um, because also there's a lot of scams out there. You know, a lot of people have lost money in doing weekend certificates or, you know, it hasn't been very beneficial. They don't get, they don't see the return on it. Um, so 
a lot of people don't trust this industry and trust the education in the industry. So those type of ads are not good for us. Um, but I would say referrals, social media, um, we make a lot of connections with nonprofits and organizations in and around the city um, who refer a lot of people to us. We also are connected with the VA, unemployment, um, so state agents and gov government agencies we work with also. So they refer people to okay. us. So heavily referral, heavily referral based. That's how you yeah. guys get a lot of your clients. Um, but you know, you mentioned something there that I thought was kind of interesting. And for, for you, you feel like the ads just don't work for what you guys do. Is it something that you've tried and then like didn't see success from it? Or is yeah. it kind of just like your own belief where you're like, I don't think this, this will work for our model. Yeah, um, we've definitely tried it. We've tried it many, many times. We, um, and we gave it the whole time. They were like, oh, give us six months or let's do eight months. And we've given it a year and just zero ROI on it. And so for us, we are still a small business. We are a right. you know, family run school. And so we, if we don't see that return and you know, we just have to move on and figure out what is the next best thing that works for us. And, and we do think that social media is a good way to get out there um, so that we can share what we do, but yet um, it's not super expensive. Yeah. I think what's important too is most of the people that come through this program or this this facility, um, they're it's either it's pretty extreme. So they're either career changers, um, they're career changers. They're um, uh, they want to like improve. It, it's just it's there's something to their uh, background that's needed where it's not like. You know, oh, I, I want to go eat at a restaurant. Let me go, let me go uh, yelp this or whatever. So it's it's that's why it's pretty difficult. And in in, in on the ad side, because most people that come to work, they're just like they're actually like, okay, I'm looking for this. Yeah, a lot of people are looking for it. that. Yeah, haystack is very, or or the needle in the haystack. Yeah, a lot of people when we do ask how they found us, because that is a question that we ask our our leads. Um, I would say a good majority of them, maybe even 80% that come in, say that they typed into Google personal training school in person or, you know, um, live personal training academy or some, something along those lines so that we do come up organically. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that, like, for that purpose, like, people who are looking for you, they have a way of finding you. Like they're going to find you. They're going to see that you guys are credible. And like, that's, that's no problem. I usually just like from a fitness side for my gym specifically. And what I do is very different from yours, but I like to think of it as there's so many people out there in the world that could benefit from what I'm doing at our facility, people in our community who don't even know that we exist because they're not Googling gym near me. Or like in your instance, there might be somebody that, that is maybe has a desire to do like an in-person personal training thing, but they just don't know to Google that. They don't know that it is a resource. And so that's why I like the idea of ads. Obviously, I would never want to do an ad either if I wasn't getting a return on investment from it. Um, on, from the social media standpoint, is everything that you guys do on social media organic or do you guys do ad campaigns on your social media? We do ad campaigns. And we actually yeah. do see a good return on those. So yeah. 
Google ads didn't work for us, but we do find that social media, like Facebook, Instagram, those ads have, we have had good success 100%. with it. Um, and I would say kind of switching a little bit, like if we were going to do, let's say really market the personal training side. So getting clients for the Elevate Fitness, the, the independent training side, um, I think Google ads would work for us. We just, because it's not um, something that we they're not our employees, I guess. They own their own businesses. We don't, it would be really hard to market, hey, we have this range of trainers from this price to this price. This is their type of training style. So we kind of let them do it, be in control of their own marketing. And then, but I do think Google ads would work for us from yeah. the gym side. It's just the, the yeah. side, it hasn't worked for us. And, and pe people do call in and, and yeah. try to yeah, get of course. a trainer and stuff like that. So we, we definitely... We, we don't go out and search for them, but right. we, we also help. Well, you're saying for the clients, for the clients. Yeah. not for the students. No, yeah. I mean, like, from my perspective, Facebook and Instagram is where I do most of my marketing, my advertising. I don't even use Google ads. Like, people are going to find us on Google anyway because we have right. good ratings. So there's no point in me spending money there um, when Facebook and Instagram are giving me, like, a three-to-one return at least. Right. Um, so it's, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so my next question for you guys, kind of take a little bit of a turn here. So we have time to touch on a few other topics. What would you guys consider to be like your biggest business-related bottleneck or challenge? You know, what, what would be kind of that one thing that keeps you up at night? You're still pondering. You're still trying to figure it out along the business side of things. Um, for sure, the fact that there's no regulation. Okay. So because again, that the fact that we're an elective program and people are choosing to come and spend $6,000 and three, three to six months of their life at AAPT, it's a commitment. It's an investment for sure. And I think um, if it was regulated or required for people, obviously we would have all the resources that people need to be able to come to a school like ours to get their license. But because it's not, um, there's a lot of easy competition out there for us, which is just the online certification or whether it's accredited or not accredited, or to be honest, nothing, you know, I didn't go to this program. I'm not a certified personal trainer. I didn't, I don't have any sort of education or background besides being an athlete when I was younger. And I could say I'm a trainer, you know, legally I could, could take on clients, charge $200 an hour. And that's, totally fine. And if someone wants to pay that and train with me, there's no sort of, you know, regulation saying they can or cannot, because I have to have my license or certification. So I think the lack of, you know, regulation state and government is probably our biggest challenge. Um, because convincing people or selling our, you know, are the investment that it would take for someone to come here is, is more difficult in an industry that there are no standards, I guess. Um, yeah. Or the standards are, are self-made, like they're self-made, which is just, you have a certain, I can't tell you enough how many employers, you know, tomorrow we have a career expo. So quarterly we have in, um, employers in the area, they come to our space, they meet with all our graduates and students who want to come, and then they're able to get hired because we are a career school. It's really important for us to provide the best of the best to our students and graduates. Um, and so it's tomorrow, and I can't tell you how many um, you know, I've been here for 11 years or whatnot, but how many uh, employers say to us, wow, like 
I wish there were more of you or, oh, I can't find a good em employee. Our retention rate is so high. Like the turnover of trainers, yes. it's expensive to um, train them and get them into their system. And then they just never show back up or they don't work out. Right. And so, you know, when we ask them what their requirements were on their job description, it's like, oh, certification. Well, do, is there any sort of experience that you're, you're attaching to that certification? Because a certification right. is just an exam. Anyone can get a certification, right? With no experience, no sort of internship, shadowing, education in any way. You just have to know how to pass that test. It's not an easy test by any means. I'm just saying it's just a test though. So you're going to get someone off the streets who's passed that test, but they don't know the life of a trainer. They don't know the early hours, the late hours, the middle of the day might be free. The time that you have to put in for free, getting clients, you know, working the floor, the floor time, you know, or the marketing you have to do for yourself. They don't know all that comes along with being a trainer. They might just see on social media, like the day in the life of a trainer, and they think it's great and super easy to do. Oh, I can do this. You know, it's a lot of yeah. work hard to be a successful trainer so you know because of that it, it's hard to say all of that in a marketing campaign let's say so I think that um for sure I don't know if you feel the same way I think that's our our number one challenge is just the lack of regulation in the industry yeah and um, I'm sorry what was that no I was I was going to say something on the on the gym side I think our biggest our biggest struggle is just um, having more like the confidence of a trainer, where where they they feel like um, it's it's more like how 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 can they sustain themselves where they can actually grow where a lot a lot of people it's just the market like a lot of trainers don't understand the markets so they they. They, they don't know how to um, almost like work the market. So that's why they like to go to a big box gym and kind of sell for themselves. Yeah. And yeah. yeah and learn yeah. for themselves. But that's, but that's why they have us. Yeah. Right. So that's something that we need to provide. We provide right. for people. However, yeah, that's probably the biggest sure, hurdle. The gym, side. the gym side. Yeah. 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 So I guess my question to you is right now, like somebody along the gym side, so somebody graduates from your program, they decide, you know, they're going to get started in your, your studio itself. They're doing their own training business. Um, how are like, how are they marketing themselves? Like, do you guys help feed them clients initially or do they have to like build that all from the get go? It, we do a little bit of both. So we do say to them before they get started independently, like if they're in class and they've expressed to us that they want to, you know, they don't want to go to a big box or they don't want to go out, you know, in a different studio or they, they want to build their business here. We would recommend during class that they start marketing themselves, that they start talking to family and friends, that they, they do their, Ramon does an ABC list with them so that they're, their contact list, they're reaching out to the people that they know. And then those people also, any referrals that the people they know could send their way, right? So we have them start building early so that they're not graduating. So for instance, Ramon's a perfect example. He was in our night class. And he knew he wanted to do an independent business. He never wanted to go to a big box gym. He wanted to own his own business, right? And so he, when he graduated his six-month program, he already had five clients set up to go. So he didn't have to go get a different job. He hit the ground running with five clients. Those clients referred people to him. And two or three of those clients, he still has to this very day. 
So, you know, they're long-term clients. Um, so we, we do work with everyone in that sense. Um, but anytime we get a call in or someone looking for a, a trainer, we definitely refer them. We have some questions that we would ask them, like their price point, availability, um, if they do have a gender preference, if they, you know, have a, a specific niche they're looking to work with, either strength training or they want more, you know, whatever type of training style they like. Um, and then we try to match them with the best trainer. We'll usually give them two or three options. And then those trainers can talk to that person and, you know, whoever the client chooses is up to them. Um, but okay. we definitely, we feed them as many clients as we can while also trying to teach them to build their own business. So you can, yeah. what is that saying? Like you can give a man a fish, but if you teach him how to fish, then now you're turning, it's, it's a successful business model. Yeah. And so are the trainers, are they paying rent kind of like a barbershop model to you guys or do, is it like a split? Like how does the, the it's actual, just a flat like rate. how do you guys make money from it? Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it's a flat rate. It's per hour per, like per client. Like if they have two clients, then they pay for two slots because we are a small studio and this isn't something that we, is our main focus. It's something that we're able to offer luckily, but it's like, we are a school first and foremost. Yeah. Um, we only can have a certain amount of trainers out on the floor or else it gets just too busy. So everyone, they just buy a slot um, and they pre-buy it for the hour with their client and then they get full use of the space. Okay, got it. Now I really, really understand what, what it is that you guys are doing inside of the studio space. I was picturing something different initially, but now I understand. So they're like basically just like, your trainers are, are paying for slots. They, they don't have like a specific space that they rent out. It's like they pay for a slot. So you could have multiple people in there throughout the day. Okay. So we have like this morning, we had 12 sessions between 5 a.m. and I think it was like 9 a.m. I looked at so like 12 either same trainers or, you know, different trainers came in, they worked, they trained their client and then they moved on with their day. So we don't limit our trainers either. They can train anywhere. Some of them are have virtual clients. Some of them work out of apartment buildings. Some of them, you know, also do part-time big box gyms. And, and this is a side thing for them. So that where their clients don't attend that gym, aren't members there, you know, they might be family members that they train out of here. So um, we're very hands-off with that side. It's their business and they can run it as they need it. As they need yeah. It. Okay. So my final question here today, and this might be a little bit more of a loaded question, so take it as you will, but um, where are you looking to take this? Like down the road, ideally, I could hand you a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for the business came true. What would that picture look like for you guys? Global, don't know. Um, okay, so I feel like I'm a little bit of a, like a repeating myself, but... I think our dreams would be that there was licensure in the industry um, and that trainers have the support they need to be able to have long-term careers in this industry. Um, with licensure, I think a lot comes with it, you know, full-time jobs, benefits, um, you know, people can have families and, and feed those, those families long-term. The retention rate would be you know, far superior to what it is now. Um, and as Ramon said, potentially the only way to grow wouldn't be just becoming a manager. It would be, they could be trainers if they want for the rest of their life or they could own their own business. So um, I think, 
short answer is our, our dreams would be regulation, licensure in the industry. Um, and I don't think that's far away. I think it has to happen um, when it happens. I'm not sure. We, we work for it every day. Um, and then, but I think by, by doing that, we would want to have other locations. Our goal would be to have locations, you know, all across the country um, to be able to provide this education to all trainers um, who are able to attend. And then for Ramon's side, I would let him talk, but I think it's the same thing. It's for the Elevate Fitness? No, I mean, for the uh, the Elevate Fitness side is, is more to be able to provide a home for a beginner or, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much beginner. Anybody who comes in and starts training here just begun their journey towards their own personal private business. Yeah, but it would be so, to, it would be to expand also. So with every APT, we would love to have this side to, uh, to offer to our graduates. Um, or other trainers too. We don't just have graduates who rent space from us. We have other trainers who never attended APT who are just looking to have an independent business. So um, it would be to grow with the APT um, mission in mind. And then, so they're, they'd be kind of together. Okay, that's exciting. What do you guys like feel like you have to really focus on right now as a business currently stands to make the possibility of, you know, more locations, something that happens sooner rather than later? Our brand, for sure. Um, you know, I think the the respect and the legitimacy behind APT is there for everyone who knows us. They know what our, our graduate can provide to their business, and they basically knock down our doors to get to our grads. Um, so the brand awareness, I think, is is really important because before we do any sort of lobbying or before we really are able to get licensure to be a real thing. I mean, the bill was there in Massachusetts. It sat there for from 2006 to 2016, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, but there was just no one behind it to be able to push forward licensure. And I think the approach was wrong. The approach wasn't it to benefit the industry and the people in it as trainers. Um, it was more just to put licensure because everything else was being licensed. You know, so there was no... The, the reason behind wasn't there, the why. Um, right. So it would be to provide that why um, with our brand awareness and also share that our mission right now, like clients don't know. I mean, when we share what we do and they're like, oh, trainers don't, anyone can be a trainer. I'm like, yes. And, you know, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but we had an attorney reach us, reach out to us a couple of years ago and want one of us to be a part of this lawsuit that, you know, he and his client um, was a part of. And it was his wife went in like to train with a trainer um, who wasn't certified. The gym had quote unquote certified her themselves and had no real experience. And she had this client doing something that without any sort of paperwork, had no idea about the background of this client. Um, and I think the client was like five one overweight hadn't done anything active in over six plus years she was a smoker anyway so her the client um was given something that she really couldn't do and the trainer said to do it until fatigue so the client kept doing it she fell she broke her leg which was devastating but um she's a mom of two and she's and she's the breadwinner of her family but two weeks after this she died of a blood clot from that break so her husband now wa wanted to sue 
wanted to do either the gym, the trainer wasn't sure. And this attorney reached out to me and I said, I can't be a part of this one because I don't know enough about it, but also um, there's nothing supporting anybody. Like I wouldn't, you know, the gym didn't really do anything wrong. The client didn't really do anything wrong. And this, and the trainer was just doing what she was told. So like it, it's, there's a lot, there was nobody protected in this. And if there's licensure, then there is some sort of requirement that trainers have to go through for that education. And whether it's shadowing or if it's, you know, an internship, whatever it may be, or an academy like ours, um, there's something that these can protect these trainers so that they feel good about working with people and that these clients feel good about working with the trainer that they know what they're talking about. I know that's an extreme yeah. example, but yeah. it did happen. Like it, it's something I think about often that is something that motivates us and continues to drive us to try to, you know, help everyone who wants to be, you know, helped. Yeah. You know, hopefully we can, you know, as you grow and scale this, you can alleviate some of those situations and make it something that occurs less and less um, in this industry. Um, uh, finally, I want to give you a chance to give us, you know, your details on social media or your website. Where can our listeners go if they're interested in learning more about what you guys have to offer? Sure. So our Instagram is AAPT Boston. So it's at AAPT Boston. Uh, and then our website is www.aaptboston.com. Um, and then I can let you can share yours. Oh, no, go ahead. I mean, my personal is Elevate Fitness Movement. Um, but the gym, the gym side here is um, at Elevate, Elevate at AAPT. So like underscore. App. So it's elevate yeah. underscore at underscore AAPT. And Ramon is elevate fitness, but it's movement is MVNT, right? Yeah. Awesome. Excited to check it out. Thank you guys both for being here today with us, sharing your insight on the industry. It's always interesting to hear what different people are doing, what's working well, what some of the challenges are. Hopefully our listeners have some really good takeaways from this conversation today. And listeners, if you tuned in, thank you so much. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you would like to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. We'll get in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Blake from Trouble Boxing Gym with The Compound. Oh, shoot. We have to start over. <laughs> Where are you located? Shreveport, Louisiana. <laughs> That's okay. That's important. That's a big one, huh? That's so important. Okay. Let's start over. Three, two, one.
What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on this show is Blake from Trouble Boxing Gym, part of the compound in Shreveport, Louisiana. Welcome to the show, Blake. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. How about you? I'm awesome. I'm excited to have you on today. Um, but before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on and how you run Trouble Boxing Gym, first, tell us how you got started in the industry in the first place. Uh, so when I was six years old, I started with Taekwondo. Um, I had a passion for it, started competing in kickboxing. When I was seven and eight, then I transitioned to boxing. Um, and I've just kind of worked my way through it then, you know, personal training, helping people. And it just led to me training people now, uh, now that I've essentially retired from competitive fighting and it just kind of moved on from there. Yeah. Awesome. Tell us about how, um, the compound came to be. Okay. So yeah, my, my partner, Brent Mason and myself, I've been friends for forever. Um, I, I trained his wife who is in the UFC. Her name is Victoria Leonardo. Um, she, um, I had been working with her and we've always, we've been talking about merging. Well, COVID happened and when COVID happened, everybody had a lockdown and we were paying rent on two businesses and everything of that nature. It finally just dawned on us to go ahead and make that jump. And we did. And, uh, uh, underneath our roof, we have uh, Machado Jiu-Jitsu, Carlos Machado BJJ. We have uh, Trouble Boxing and Elite Combat Academy. And uh, so it just made the most sense for us all to join up and grow and be your one-stop shop needs for all combat sports and all, uh, all personal training that we could do. Yeah, awesome. That leads me into my next question. Um, what's like your elevator pitch for the compound? How do you describe it to someone who's never been in before and the services that you offer? Sure. Okay. So it doesn't matter if you're trying to be an elite level athlete or just somebody that's learned, wanting to learn or get in shape, lose a few pounds. We have what it takes. We are our one-stop shop. We have classes for any and everyone, whether you are at the highest level in the UFC or at the lowest level, never hit a bag before, never picked up a weight, never rolled. We have that for you. So no matter what skill level you are, we've got it. I love that, that it's an inclusive environment. Um, so that leads me to my next question is how many members are part of the compound? Right now we're about 200, give or take. Um, our goal is to get to be about 350, 400 in the next year or so, year and a half. Um, we were growing. We had a little bit of an issue with some employees in the past. And so that kind of gave us a little bit of a hit. Uh, but we're working on building and, and getting back to where we were and growing even more. Love that. Let's get into that. What do you do now to aid in that growth process? So right now. So right now we are currently doing some uh, digital marketing on social media, which has been helpful um, where we've really seen some help. And I'm really surprised about this. We have recently over the past 45 days started some billboards uh, just for some brand recognition, some, you know, um, and we're getting, I'm, we get phone calls all day long. It does seven days a week. Um, and this sounds very um, old school, but we also did some yard signs that, that we put up in our, you know, our students' yards and uh, on street corners in front of neighborhoods. That's helped a lot as well. It's just, you know, grassroots, you know, type of movement. And it's, it's working pretty well so far. We're, we've, this month, we've grown 13%. And so we're, we're looking to continue upon that. Awesome. Yeah. Tell me more about those digital ads that you're doing. Where are you running those? How, how does that so work? Right now, they're on Facebook. Um, we're running them through there. We're just, you know, looking to get in shape. We're about to change them as the holidays. People are trying to, trying to get in, want to get in shape. Maybe they want to get their kids into something. We're about to start switching more towards the holidays, you know, 
Uh, I think in January and February, March, we'll probably start uh, switching more to it's time to get your summer body ready type things. So, you know, click and offer. We're, we're, uh, we're going to offer quite a few things. One of the deals we've offered in the past is a free week, free class, whatever the case may be. We've offered quite a few things. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of like word of mouth, do you find that that is like a less predictable, less like measurable way of getting leads compared to the social media or how, how would you compare the two? It's far less measurable. It's very hard to see your ROI on, on you know, well, you're not putting anything into it, but it's hard to, to, to measure it. Absolutely. While if I know if I spend $5 on a Facebook ad and I got five leads off of it and of those five leads, two called and of those two that called one came in, I can sit there and measure that metric a little bit better than I can. Word of yeah, mouth. Definitely. I've heard that from a lot of gym owners on here that, you know, word of mouth is great because you know that they're already interested in your services, someone that they trust referred them in, but it can also be like a slower trickle, a little bit more. It less is, kind of, absolutely. It's, it's the drip factor. While, yeah. you know, if I get 30 calls from billboards, 15 of them might be looky-loos that are just calling. But yeah. of those, we found that, uh, you know, I've actually getting, you know, if I get 30 calls, 10 are walking through the door, which is to me, you know, a, a pretty good return right now, especially the fact that we've only had a month for about 45 days. Yeah. How many people, like new people per month are you seeing since going to? Since, since the, okay. So uh, we've always done advertising through, through social media. We just recently started the, the billboards. Okay. Um, we are probably seeing, uh, see, I've signed up probably six or seven over the past 45 days from the billboards. So um, give or take, maybe maybe one more, maybe one less from the billboards, but that's that's kind of where we're at all. Cool. And then comparatively, how many people per month from social media, would you say? Probably about the same. Mm-hmm. It just it, it really just depends on the month and what people are looking for. In Louisiana, football is key. So high school football is in the playoffs right now. It's just about to be able to lose um, quite a bit of people, whether it just be college football, going to football, you know, their kids being in on football. We lose a lot of people during this time of year, and they all generally start back about December, January. So that's just the kind of fluctuation, the wave we have to ride. Gotcha. Yeah, I feel like postseason, they want to come back and train for in-season again. Absolutely. Do you cater your ads towards like the time of year and like what they're Absolutely. up to? Absolutely. So like I said a mo- few moments ago and probably March, we're going to start really humming at that bikini body, summer body type thing, you know, start pushing more cardio classes for women and things of that nature, trying to go after that market. Yeah. As an owner, are you the one doing the marketing? Do you like create the ads? Do you outsource? No, I, I'm not that skilled when it comes to, to, to making those ads. No, I have, we have somebody that, his name is Greg Gentry. He is a phenomenal uh, graphic designer, graphic artist. He helps a lot with that. And he is, if anybody ever needs his information, I'll be more than happy to pass it along. He is, he is fantastic at it. Um, kudos to Greg. Perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. So he creates the ads and then takes care of all the back end as well? He, he helps with the back end, yes. We kind of give a budget. And he he kind of goes with it. It's all connected to our accounts, but he, he goes with it. He runs. That's awesome. Okay, um, kind of a fun question I like to ask about your goals. If you were to wave a magic wand tomorrow and have like the dream of your, the gym of your dreams, what does it look like? Wow. So, gym so, itself, right. so I would probably have the gym that I have now. 
with the only thing that I would put, do differently was I would probably have some, a little bit, it would probably be a little bit larger for more cardio equipment. I've got some, but I would like more. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with my gym that I have now. I, I'm, I'm very blessed. I've, I've, we started in a garage, like a, like a storage unit, and I've grown to this. So I'm, I'm, I'm blessed when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that's a good perspective and a good question to have, but I'm, I'm very happy with it. I, don't get me wrong. I would love to own my building. And that is, my, that is our next goal. We are working towards that, whether it be buying this one or building something to our needs that are a little bit different. I mean, this isn't far from what we need, you know, um, or what we want. But this is pretty much my dream gym, other than I would like to add a few more, have a little bit more space for a few more machines. But other than that, I'm happy. I love that. I love to hear that. So what do you think is like the biggest bottleneck keeping you from owning your space or being in a bigger space or having a little bit more of that cardio equipment that you wanted? Just time. That's all it's going to take. It's just time. Um, our retention rate is great. Um, we, uh, we're getting people in the door. People are happy. It's more like a family here. Everybody loves us. We all check on everybody. If we miss somebody, we check on them, you know, things of that nature. Um, it's just going to take a little bit of time, you know. We moved in this new facility a little less than a year, a little more than just about a year ago, about 12 months ago, was our first date in this, this building, this facility. And so it just takes a little bit of time, you know, and um, I'm patient. It's growing and I'm, I'm constantly seeing progress. So it's, 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 it's truly a blessing. I love that. Yeah, for sure. So you started in a garage and now you own a whole compound. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we went, started in what you would kind of call like a storage unit garage yeah. uh had no bathroom no ac just a bay door and i quickly outgrew that and so the one next to it was available so we knocked the wall out so it was double the size um quickly was outgrowing that COVID hit um moved in brent and i got uh another space uh that was very nice we outgrew it very quickly we stagnated it was actually very unfortunate we were there and we grew so quickly that there was not enough space for everybody to do what they needed to do. So we, we knew that we needed to take care of that. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so we got to the point how you get clients in. So once you have someone in the door, how do you keep them there long term? Okay, so that is something that we have struggled, we struggled with originally, or I did personally, you know, was retention rate. And so now it's about keeping classes fresh, personally engaging with those people, with those classes that we do. Um, we we check on, we talk, we build relationships. We're constantly evolving what we teach. Every day is different, getting people excited about it, having different, um, different functions for people to go to. When Cobra Kai came out, we threw a Cobra Kai watch party at the gym. We've got, you know, TVs here and all over the gym. So we threw, you know, we did a cookout. We do, do things that make them feel like it's part of a family. It's not just something you go to. It's, it's more, it's, it's more inclusive. We all, we do care about all of our students. We care about all of our members, all the parents, we check on them. If somebody's sick, we sit there. It's, it's really about becoming a family. That's what we have noticed as helped. Yeah, definitely. It sounds really personable and like members can really tell when you actually care and that oh, really attention for sure. Yes, definitely. Um, okay. So as a business owner, you know, you care about all of your gym members and, you know, it seems like you're in the gym a lot. How do you, you know, protect your personal time as a business owner, like outside of the gym, how do you find a balance? That is, a 
that's an extraordinary struggle. Um, you can ask my wife about that, especially building it. We've uh, we've struggled with that. That has been a point of contention a little bit. Um, I've my wife is, owns her own business as well, and so we have um, specifically designed days that we we're off together. You know, um, so especially with our with our daughter, I'm I'm at the gym till probably seven thirty at night, and so it makes it makes it difficult. Um, but you have for me, I've had to schedule my day around in times where I know that I will be available to my family. And um, it's a constant struggle. I'm definitely not perfect at it. Uh, I definitely need to work better at it. Um, and I am. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where, we're, where I'm at on that. Uh, that is a constant struggle. I think for any small business owner that's trying to build it and make it succeed, I think especially in the industry that we're, we're in or I'm in, um, it's a definite struggle. But I'm, I'm constantly learning, constantly trying to evolve, figure it out, ask people what their opinions are on that. That, to me, is the biggest hurdle when owning this type of business is putting priorities where they need to be. Because my priority is building my business because that is a future for my family. But at the same time, if I neglect my family, I don't have a family to, to come back to and, and, and build this for. So that, that was deep. That was a good one. I like that one. Well, I know like as a small business owner and talking to small business owners all day, you know, we're like so in the grind all the time. I like to step back and say like, hey, what's your plan for when you get a little burnt out or like, what's the plan going forward? Like, are you going to wear 17 hats forever? You know, so I always like to like pick people's brain on that a little bit and see what everyone else is, is doing for that. So I appreciate no, you answering that one. <laughs> no, absolutely not going to wear like I, right now, Brent and I both wear multiple hats. When yeah. we grow, continue to grow, there's going to be a time where I'm like, you know what? on Tuesdays, I'm not at the gym at all. You know, I've got this person running my classes and this and that and everything, but that just takes time to build, you know? Right. Um, it's, it's just, so that, that's, that's what we're working on. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, one last question before we sign off. Can you please tell the listener something that you wish you would have known before you started this business? Like somebody who wants to open a gym tomorrow, what would your biggest piece of advice be to them? It takes time for yourself and your family. That is something that I wish what we just talked about is personally my biggest struggle. My biggest weakness is to make time for yourself and your family. When you leave, you leave your work business there, your work there, because there, there are stresses that come with this every day. You know, whether it be what, how, you know, it, it doesn't matter what, what the stresses are, you know, like the other day, we were supposed to do this on Tuesday and my, the internet was just out at the gym because they had an outage. That's a stressor. You know, little things like that. Leave trying your best to leave those away from home. You know, come home and have a positive attitude. Let that be your, your, your refuge. Let that be your everything else. Because when we as trainers and coaches and everything else, we're kind of like therapists and bartenders and everything all rolled up into one. So we had everybody's issues all on us and we listen and we care. And especially I do and Brent does and everybody else, it, it just builds, right? And when you have all that stress on you and you take it home, it doesn't come, it doesn't uh, go well for a good home, home life work balance, you know? And uh, that would be to me the thing that I would try and stress to somebody in this industry that's struggling or wanting to get in this industry or anything of that nature. Separate and leave. 
it, that's the best way. Um, make make a priority for yourself. Make priority time for your children, your your wives, your husbands, whoever the case, your significant other. Um, because at the end of the day, we all work to live. We don't all live to work, right? Yeah. So that's that's my little soapbox two bits right there. I love it. I love it. That was such a good place to wrap up. Um, I appreciate you so much sharing that. Um, before we sign off, tell everyone where they can find you. What's your social media? What's your website? Ah, oh, sure. So uh, our website is the compoundspc.com. It is currently being retooled. We're adding a function to where we can uh, sign people up online that mm-hmm. way. Rather, So we have a lot of people that want to sign up online. So we're adding a function. It's currently being retooled. Uh, Facebook.com slash troubleboxygym. Facebook.com slash elite combat academy. Facebook.com slash uh, Carlos Machado BJJ SBC. Uh, you know, the compound SBC dot, uh, Facebook. Um, there's just, if you look for us, you can find us. It's very easy. Um, I'm very sociable. If y'all have, if anybody ever has any questions or wants to stop by or you're in town or driving through and wants to stop by for a quick workout, just let us know. We'll, we'll always be more than happy to accommodate. Or if anybody has something they heard, I said, and they want, uh, maybe a little insight or give me some advice. I'm always willing to let, listen and learn. And I think that's a big step in owning your own business is listening and learning from people that have have experience and what have learned. And I've asked a lot of people that have, that have been in this industry for a little bit of how they do things a little bit better. But I, I think that's one thing that um, we all need to do a little bit better is, is, is uh, open up and realize that we can learn and grow together. Absolutely. I love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing today. We look forward to everything that you're going to accomplish down the road. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us is the owner of Core Fitness and Training, Mr. Max Alexander. Max, how are you today, sir? What is going on? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I am doing tremendously. I'm excited to get into this, and I'm excited because this is not quite the the cookie-cutter mold of gym owner tenure that we usually experience, and and I don't want to steal your thunder, Max. I'll allow you to tell this story here in a moment, but Max comes from a background uh, 
tangibly related to fitness, but certainly not as a, as a professional fitness deliverer. Max, for the people who aren't familiar with core fitness, why don't you give us first and foremost, a, a description of what this business is? And secondly, tell us a little bit about how you came to be the steward of core fitness. Fantastic. So my wife and I are co-owners of Core Training and Fitness. Um, we are in Howell, New Jersey. We um, work on one-on-one -on -one personal training studio focusing on kickstarting lifestyles and putting personal back in personal training. That's kind of our mantra. Um, mm. And how we got into this um, has everything to do with the cause and effect of life just taking place. Um, my wife was pursuing physical fitness, um, health and wellness for many years as a client for personal trainers. Um, early in 2019, um, we had a small condo in another town um, and she was at a box gym where she had a membership and she was also taking um, personal training sessions with them. Um, later that year, we ended up buying a house um, and that ended up being too, too far of a commute. It was about 10 miles. And she also didn't want to do that. She didn't really utilize the membership. She only had the membership to do the personal training. So she ended up finding a place that was about, from the house that we bought, was about a minute and 20 seconds, so relatively close. Um, and it was someone who just did personal training. Um, so she ended up starting to see him, loved it. And then three or four months later, he's like, hey, I'm going to end up selling the business and moving to Florida. Um, told you all of that to tell you this. Um, in 2018, I started a new job, which allowed us to buy the house. And then it also allowed me to go to school. And so fresh out of my associates in business administration in 2019, just as she started the personal training, found out that that, that personal trainer was going to sell his business. I had the arrogance of someone who just had an associate's degree in, in something about <laughs> running a business. And so I was like, well, let me have a conversation with him. And then you know, a month later, we ended up buying the gym to get the equipment. We started our LLC and we did our DBA. And Which suddenly, is, yeah. we are business owners. That's right. And, and didn't quite plan for it, but here we are. Uh, and the timing of this is, is interesting for those that were paying attention. This was very near and, and dear to the time, right kind of after New York and New Jersey had That's some right. shutdowns go on. And, and so... I'm sure that played a role in all of this, Max. But well, hundred percent, high level at least. Go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say on the on the and for those like you said that don't know on the the back end of 2019 into 2020, we still had some pretty strict rules um, in this region of the country, um, and one-on-one -on -one personal training kind of still fell within those guidelines. Whereas, like not having or having people in like a larger gym did. So yeah. And so the, the model makes sense, at least for the timeline of this. From a high-level perspective, before we get into the nitty-gritty of, of how the business functions, give us kind of the both sides of the coin. What's been your favorite part about owning your own business, and what's been the most challenging part about owning your own business? Wow, there's so many to choose from, said with sarcasm and quotes um no so the most challenging part um a hundred percent is going to be hiring a great trainer and 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 
a close second, if not equal to that, is going to be retention and and or or marketing to get people in the gym. Um, my favorite thing about it, though, is those personable connections, being a pillar um, to the community, um, having the opportunity to provide a service that for us is more than just, I, I know this is going to, maybe it goes, it goes against the kind of the capitalistic mentality, but we're not doing it so that we can become millionaires. Um, we're doing it more to provide a service and and if I can tell you anything, it is, I'm not discounting um, monetary compensation. What I'm saying is that I use it to kind of evaluate the performance of the business, use the bottom line to say, hey, are we doing well? Or are there things that we can make improvements to, to quantify or, or measure our success, as opposed to mm -hmm. that being our driving force? It's yeah. more important to us to provide a service that makes people feel better about themselves. I think that's important to highlight here, Max, because whereas so many people see opening up a business and in dollars and cents and profit as the sheer driver behind all of this, fitness has somewhat of a, a hidden noble intention too, to to provide to 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 help the the downtrodden, if you will, to steal right, phrasing right. from from other things, and and it's it's not exclusive to one or the other. I talk to a lot of gym owners who almost fall on their sword of, Oh, we don't need to make money because we're in it to help people. I appreciate that you highlighted. We're not against that, right? Like right, this isn't, right. we're not trying to burn through cash and, and find ourselves in debt, but it's not the only motivator here. I talked to, to so many gym owners and, and the reality is a healthy business is a profitable business and if that's the case we can help a, a whole lot more people than if we're not profitable because we're just worried about survival and so i appreciate you for for bringing that mentality well, it's, here. it's one of those things where um you know i've never been i mean I, I don't know if we've covered this yet but i well you might have i am a veteran and um i don't think that there's a single person who joins the military chasing money <laughs> you know what i mean it's just not not Correct. a play. it's not a get, get rich quick scheme that's for sure right so a, a litany of people have a different reasons for doing it um that's not what i'm trying to highlight what i'm trying to say is that because i've spent like the first person portion of my adult professional career in the military um it's one of those things where while money is important as we discuss it just doesn't become your focus and so but, but doing a good job and, and having credibility and pursuing the kind of accolades that come with ownership of the projects you're working on, if you do that, if you focus on positive change and constant improvement, the money will follow always. Yep. And so that's something that I kind of like to think about. Entrepreneurship and personal growth often go hand in hand in that kind of sense. For you guys, uh, the interesting aspect of this is is the longevity. Obviously, this is a relatively new business in the grand scheme of things for you guys, at least. That's Tell true. me, I mean, the the struggles that you mentioned early on are not unique to you. Fitness historically has a tough time with marketing and, and simply just getting people through the doors. But in the the time that you've been a gym owners thus far, Max, what's 
worked for you guys to be able to drum up some interest just to get people in the facility? So, um, interestingly enough, it seems to be that, and, and this is not going to surprise anybody, I don't think, um, actual interactions and, and word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's a classic, but it's a classic for a reason, because it works. Um, we've tried sure. doing flyers and mailboxes, but people get a piece of paper and they can so easily, you know, um, file that in the shredder, so to speak, um, so or the trash can. And so our um, most recent client to join the gym was two weeks ago. And that is because my wife happened to have a longer conversation than she needed to face to face with a dental hygienist whenever she went to get her teeth cleaned. And she ended up joining the gym. But but that's an example of um, that beats, um, that has worked more than people finding us on the internet. It's been running into people, um, even um, getting our own clients as, as ambassadors for the business themselves because they enjoy the quote unquote product that we're offering. Yeah. And, and so word of mouth or, or referrals has been the catalyst for these things thus far. And for I sure. think we, we, have, we, have, we, have, right? we had people find us online. Uh, we've, we've definitely have a social footprint. Um, but for sure, I feel like the word of mouth um, is just a great, because when you're talking to someone, it's a lot different than, you know, having a flyer or looking at a computer screen. Yeah, and it certainly can be. And I think it's not that one is right and one is wrong. I find that successful businesses in this kind of model pull from multitudes of sources, right? Do we have our word of mouth component? Of course, every gym owner that's spent time in the industry knows that those are great, great leads, right? There's typically not a lot to be done to convince them in a sales process. They pretty much know who we are, like us and trust us. They're qualified because they're probably similar to us, right? We'll take all those leads that we can get. A hundred percent. Now I'm not trying to discount and, and any of even them. in even in personal training, the reality is that people that have the funding to pay for personal training typically know other people that have the funding to pay for personal That's training. That's 100 true. Um, I will say while we're on the subject of it, some other things that I've done as a as a small business owner and and trying to be because I live in a relatively small community. So the the township or municipality I live in is about. <clears throat> has about 59,000 people, I think, and, and which is for New Jersey, relatively small. It's like, they have smaller sure. ones, but it's, it's pretty small, um, especially for its footprint, because it's, it's about 100,000 square miles, I think it is, or something like that. So it's, it's relatively small for that. Um, but because it's, um, everyone kind of lives in, in one part of how um, we also joined the Chamber of Commerce, which is something I could recommend because there are a lot of perks with being in an association with a, other small business owners in your community. Yeah. So um, that's that's definitely an option you can do. Um, I'm trying to think. We we might get to this later, but we we tried to uh, reach out to some of the. Um, there's a lot of sports teams that are in the off season during different times of the year. So we're going to do like a, okay. a youth group training, try to kind of branch out that way as well. Yeah. 
and so if I'm if I'm to understand, it's been more boots on the ground strategy than formalized what we would categorize as marketing or advertising. You mentioned being online, having the website, having the social media aspect to this. Do you think that that's something that that you'll lean into more as the business matures and, and gets its feet underneath it? So I can tell you that it was something that we leaned into before we even opened our doors. Like it was one of those things that whenever I was looking at our, our, our business models, so to speak, I knew that we needed to have a digital footprint. I know because to have the brick and mortar location is fine to have the people have the, the trainer is great. Um, I knew we would also have to have an online presence. Um, so our website went up day one and so did our Facebook and Instagram. Um, the thing is, I feel like maybe what I did wrong that I would have changed is I leaned into this, the, the online part of it a little too much. I, I, I relied on it a little too much thinking, hey, it'll just grow steam and it'll grow on its own. It's kind of be a self-feeding machine. Um, and it didn't really. Like the clients that we got were because the, the trainer that we hired um, knew some people that he had trained previously and they knew some people, as you mentioned previous or before, because we lost like one of the, the downsides to the business, if you do it the way that I did it, was that the kind of the agreement was the trainer was going to go to Florida and that he would help transition all of the clients he had into the new business. And um, once he had the check, that didn't pan out at all. Yeah, so we, ended little to no personal training studio. we ended up having a personal training studio with no clients because yeah. what he did is on the back end is he decided to try... We ended up trying to, um, I don't know, I guess have them go to some box gym and then he would do like a Zoom, like Zoom thing or, or whatever it is, yeah. or a video yeah. call and try to train them from, from Florida. Behind the scenes, all of our things were, were different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, why do you think it was that, that the online component of this didn't pan out the way that you expected it to? Um, I can tell you. I want to say humbly, I'm going to say because you, there's a misconception that that your social media accounts or or your online presence, as it were, um, is self-sustaining. That you can just put yourself out there and it'll just you know continue to snowball. And that's not the case. You have it takes work also. And so that was kind of my like in my you know the in my our infancy as a business was, hey, that was something that also needed attention, the same as, you know, painting the walls and putting up the signs and talking to people. It is another pillar of your business that also needs as much attention as anything else, or, you know what I mean? At least a division of attention. And so that was a failure on our part early on. And so it was a struggle yeah. to be like, why aren't we getting people on door? We did all of this stuff online and re really we didn't do that much. Yeah, I think it's a, a product if I'm, from my perspective of, of you just didn't know what you didn't know, right? Yeah. This was the first time running a small business. This was, the, was definitely the first foray into the fitness industry and anyone that spent time 
as a gym owner knows that it's not sunshine and rainbows all the time. It's not a, a cakewalk. No, I mean, and and so I'll, I'll tell you another uh, part is that one of the other negatives is like, I don't know that we would have been able to sustain as long as we did post pandemic or, or towards the end of the pandemic um, with the clients. And we've got some great clients now. We have about 10 and, and we've lost some, we've gained some to get to that number. Um, but in the lulls, um, there were, there were several times where we had to come out of pocket to cover expenses because if someone's thinking about opening up a gym and, or as a personal trainer, cause that's really the only sphere I know, cause I don't want to get into memberships, yep. but for a personal training community, um, your clients are going to use sessions at different rates. And so they'll end up paying you at different times during the month. And so come, but your bills don't change. Like the, the time that your bills are due still, they still come due in the same date every month, regardless of whether you have the funds in your account or not. Yeah. So it would have been looking back. I think I can say with a certain level of conviction that I don't know that we would have been able to survive if we didn't both also have other jobs. I see. And I don't and, want to discourage a, anybody. No, but, no, that's an important realization though. Um, because I think the reality is a lot of people in our industry are in similar shoes. For you exclusively in the one-on-one -on -one space, have we considered, I mean, you mentioned we don't want to go the membership route, which is fine. And I'm not suggesting that you do, but have we considered any other kind of, I don't, given the, the space that you have, is there an option to do like a small group training or, or like a, even like a boot camp kind of idea to, to get some new lifeblood into this? So I'm so glad you said lifeblood. It's so funny because that's kind of one of those, ter those terms that I like as well. Um, and it, it actually goes to um, Sundays. And um, we don't have any clients on Sundays. And so one of the ideas we were spitballing was kind of renting out the gym on that day to a trainer that maybe is trying to grow their clientele or whatever the case is, but maybe doesn't have the space. So I know box gyms also like frown upon trainers bringing in their own client or whatever the case is. I, I've just heard stories. Correct. Don't quote me on that. Correct. Um, it's, it's third party information. I guess if I'm just trying to, you know, say yeah. it myself. Um, so maybe, maybe renting out the space, the gym, whenever it's not, not being utilized um, to be more specific to your thing. That's why I touched base on the, um, so our current trainer, Sean, who is fantastic, by the way, um, he, he's a retired police officer. And, and I only mentioned that because I feel like that kind of, it uses the least amount of words to express dedication and grit. Hmm. Um, and he knows what he sees, uh, <clears throat> um, a certified trainer. Um, I'm mentioning all of that to say that his son was in, he was his, his son's coach on their baseball team and in their off season. He ended up um, taking them to the local gym in their community and they did like a group youth training for like a, and so they'd be like 10 kids, whatever. And it just kind of, we don't actually have a price for that, but one of the benefits, and so we can highlight this a little bit, one of the benefits of being a small business owner is that everything isn't necessarily set in stone. I'm not saying that we're going to sit here and border with people and haggle over prices. But what I am going to say is that if something comes up, we don't have a price point for it, then give us the opportunity to maybe address that and then mm. come up with it. Um, and so that would have been the thing because we didn't have something for like, oh, what if we have like 10, 16 year olds in here training at one time? And I was like, well, 
what that sounds to me is like we need to do some different type of liability paperwork and then we'll work on the price because that's another thing altogether right we people don't talk about the things that you have to do to you know insure yourself insure because yeah. people people are going to get hurt right especially with those kids. are things that people didn't <laughs> talk about right yeah it happens you have to have people sign some paperwork before you're just like yeah go ahead and you know try and bench press 300 pounds see how yeah. that works for you yeah, you know, and and so these are the the unspoken challenges of being in the industry, and and it sounds like we're not necessarily married. This is personal training and personal training only, but we can get creative. I mean, and I think that's kind of the beauty of so being that's exactly a business why owner is because you get to make the rules. That's why we did the training and fitness. Um, so because I think that the long term the goal is um to to get bigger like a bigger space because right now we're in just under like 2,000 square feet um and i have done a lot of uh marketing research in terms of like so these are some things i also recommend for anyone that's looking to get into it especially if you're a trainer look at your competition like call them be a client for for 15 minutes on a phone call call them and ask them what their price points are for what you're trying to do specifically and that's what i did fortunately for me and i will say that this is a fortunate thing and it's also maybe a little bit of a hindrance and i'll explain what i mean is that in my area specifically there aren't a lot of personal trainers and so um you can say okay so our price point if we don't do discounts for larger packages and stuff like that is about a dollar a minute um, cause right. I felt like that's what was fair. And so if you buy a 12 package deal, we shave off $80 just to make buy it more, and then, save and then, more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Buy more, save more. And then we also do 10% off of that for, um, you know, military veterans, that sort of thing. Um, so there, there's opportunities to be lower to so that without the, the, the veterans discount, military discount, that sort of thing, um, ends up being about $53 for an hour. Um, to give you an example of what I mean, our competition. So in our area, there are plenty of gyms, but most of them incidentally are CrossFit gyms. There's a dance studio that's right up the, uh, like not very far, maybe half a block from us, but I don't really look at that as necessarily competition. Um, we do have, you know, within, within uh, 10 miles, we have a retro, we have Planet, we have Workout World, we have LA Fitness. Um, their price points are like $50 for 30 minutes or $100 an hour. Um, I'm not being specific as to which ones that are. You can call and find out for yourself. But I'm saying, look at the only other, there's only one other location that is one-on-one -on -one personal training. And we actually got a customer because they called there and wasn't happy with it. Not naming names, but their price point is $75 now or $45 for 30 minutes. I don't know how they came up with that math, but... I'm telling you all of that to tell you this. Um, do your research. Look around at what you're trying. Like, how are you supposed to know what prices you should come up with or what's fair to your community? Because market demographics change from area to area. So it's important for you, for whoever's listening, whoever's thinking about doing this, is to, especially on the business side of it, understand what a fair price is in your market so that's the benefit is that you're like, great, we don't have a lot of competition, but also now the community doesn't really know what the price should be. So that's why I say it's kind of a hindrance, but it's also, you know, a good thing. Um, 
So that's my spiel on that. Yeah, and I think these are all things that that we could wax philosophical about. But Max, I wanna I wanna save a handful of minutes here at least to talk about where all of this is going. You mentioned sure. potentially the the idea of a bigger space, but Magic Genie Lamp that's with me for a minute. If you had the gym or, or the business of your dreams, where do you want this thing to to land? here in the next handful of years next handful so i'll do i'll do five years so um seems like a handful right um right now in the next year what i'd like to see happen is get the youth program going um sean is also part-time because the clients the amount of hours that we would run wouldn't equal up to 40 even though we have some clients that go um two times a week some that go three times a week um his hours for us are generally between 2 30 in the afternoon and eight so it's not a 40-hour work week and he's not there the whole time um so what i'd like to see is get enough clients to where he can work full-time to, to benefit him to warrant him only doing this for his job and if that were the case then um i'd want to work on getting a, a larger location within the next year year and a half Get him full time within the next year. Within the next two years, um, move our location to a larger one. Um, because within the next five years, I'd like to see us go to that. I, I don't. I don't know why I feel like it always has a negative connotation, but that more of that membership, more of that open door to the public, come up and show up, and you know, pay your monthly fee and work out when you'd like to. But that's the reason we went with core training and fitness because we knew ultimately one day we might want to do that, like branch out that way, um, but never really kind of lose our identity as one-on-one -on -one personal trainers. Yeah. And that's something it's... that actually my wife had to like convince me of because in my head, one-on-one -on -one personal trainer is like, it's you, it's the trainer and me in the gym and that's it. And she's yeah. like, you can have one-on-one -on -one are... personal trainer with every with other people around. And I was like, yeah, ah. these, are, these are preconceived <laughs> stories that we yeah. put in our own head. Anyway, Max, it's a it's a pretty good place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up. But sure. uh, it's been it's been a fun time getting to see kind of behind the scenes of Core and, and the internal workings of your mind to see what needs to happen to grow this thing. So I'm excited for the future for you. I um, I'm hoping that it works out, and I wish you nothing but the best moving forward, my man. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, and to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.